There are many things worth living for, a few things worth dying for, and nothing worth killing for. Tom Robbins, even cowgirls get the blues. Fallon Vice contains graphic and or explicit content, which may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Violent Vice. My name is Audie Griffith. And I am John John. Hello. Hello. If you guys could do us a favor, hit that subscribe button, leave us a review. We'd really, really appreciate it. And John John, we do have a few announcements. Um, we do. Yeah. So as you guys kind of figured out from last week, I had a little bit of a technical error blunder with uh, the We Believe podcast when we co-recorded our episode. So we are in the works of rescheduling that, and hopefully uh, we will be able to make that happen soon. But until then, we do apologize. That was my error, and we hope to fix it soon. So we're still working on co Yeah, they are lovely, though. They are great to work with, and mm-hmm. we're still work- working on the co-collab uh, with them, but um, as the school year picks up, I know we're all getting a bit more busy, so it mm-hmm. might be a few weeks. So That's okay. We'll find something good with it. Don't worry. Yeah, and speaking of you know stuff getting busy and life getting busy, uh, so I have a recent job change and a wedding coming up. So Judge and I have kind of talked, and after this week's release, we are going to go to every other week or bi-weekly releases for episodes. So you guys will still get the episodes. We'll just have a bit more time for research and recording and just work with our new schedules. Because mm-hmm. we don't want to just half-ass this stuff either. We want to actually make it good, and if we're crunched for time, all we can put out is probably a C-. minus. Like, it's passing, but only just. So... Giving us this, giving ourselves these two weeks is gonna help keep us at a nice, nice content and idea framework. All this fun stuff that we like to do. Yep, and then we won't be taking you know a break for the wedding. They'll just be coming out bi-weekly by then. So um, you guys should still get your normal amount of content, and I get still get to get married. So it'll all work out. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah. So. Uh, today's person um we're going back to true crime so we're taking a break from the Mm -hmm. cryptids and the um the more lore side and we're heading back to the true crime era so Mm -hmm. i'm excited to get into this um and this was brought to me by one of my friends so uh just you know who you are so thank you for this topic and Hmm. We'll kind of get into it. So what is this episode about? It's a person. Yep. Persons. Multiple. One. Uh, so we are talking about the m- murder of Lauren Giddings. Oh, okay. Yeah. So let's get into a bit about the victim. Lauren Teresa Giddings was born on April 18, 1984. She graduated from Athelton High School in Columbia, where she played field hockey and softball. After high school, she went to Mercer Law School. After she graduated from Mercer Law School, she planned to take the Georgia Bar exam. 
She was in a happy relationship at the time with and was very beloved amongst her friends and other law students. Her life seemed normal up until June 30th of 2011 when her friends noticed she was missing. So, the murderer. Stephen McDaniel was born on the year 1989 to parents who had a modest income. When it came to providing for the family, especially for the child, his parents would frequently be seen running from pillar to post. They were both employed in manufacturing facilities. Stephen has never shown any interest in his education and frequently does not attend class. Even worse, he made a habit of bullying other students at the school, particularly the female students. He had completed high school and had even written a blog article in which he discussed the use of torture and brutality against women. According to the rumors, he asked Lauren out on a date, but she turned him down because she was already seeing someone else. In mid-June, Giddings told her family and friends that she would be relatively off-grid for the next few weeks as she wanted to focus on her studies. But according to WGXA News, when Giddings' sister Caitlin Wheeler realized on June 29th that she hadn't even received a call or text from Giddings in days, she became concerned. On June 30th, 2011, Lauren Giddings' friends reported her missing. Her car was still in its usual place, but there were no signs of Lauren Giddings. When the police arrived at Lauren's apartment, they saw evidence of violence, especially in the bathroom, which was mirrored with bloodstains. However, Lauren's body was not in the apartment, so they decided to search the trash cans outside the apartment complex where she lived. If they came just a few minutes later, the police wouldn't have found anything. While they were searching, the garbage truck arrived, and its driver just waved at us like he wasn't worried about it. Investigator Scott Chapman recalled, The truck kept going. Had the trash been picked up, Giddings might still be a missing person. At the time, her killer had yet to become a suspect, but he thought the trash had been picked up and that the cops wouldn't have found a thing, Chapman said. So, kind of taking from that, you so, know where this is going. Yeah, so this guy in high school writes a blog about doing terrible things. To women, specifically. Yeah, and Lauren turned him down. Yep. And then she said she was going to be gone for a period of time. She said she was going to be gone? Yeah, she was studying for the bar exam, so it's pretty common for lawyers to kind of isolate themselves before they so take they their study. bar exam and very, very study. Mm. So, But, like, like, it was too long of a period? Yeah, like, she wasn't even texting or whatnot, so, like, no communication. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. So, like, she would, even if she were studying hard, like, she, she would send her friends a text, like, hey, I'm doing okay or whatnot, and she just wasn't even mm -hmm. doing that. Hmm. So, and then the garbage truck, just, like, the police got there right before the garbage truck did? Yeah. Or, like, they started to search that before? Five minutes before the garbage truck came. Wow. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I, I it, it was a lucky situation for her case. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, you can kind of guess where this is going from that. So, after taping off the crime scene, the police officers smelled something potent coming from the trash cans, and inside they found a human torso. They did not find the head, legs, or arms in either one of the trash cans next to it, the detective continued. I've never seen any anything like that before. Who could have done this? Because truthfully, only a monster could do something like that. It was absolutely horrible. 
At the time Gideon's remains were discovered, Stephen McDaniel was giving an interview to a local news station, posing as a concerned friend who had no idea what happened to Gideon's. His demeanor quickly changed when he learned the body had been found. So, just want to point out, it's very interesting that he involved himself in the murder. Um, a lot of murderers do that. Like, that's kind of something mm. that uh, detectives like a, keep an eye on. I think that is like, something to do with, like, a sense of control, where it's just, like, they may have, like, more often than not, these situations that are done out of impulse, and then sort of like as a way to contain and control what happens with it and to prevent any further worsening of it, they get involved with the investigation to help, I think, alleviate their concerns and to see if they're being suspected. I, I Typically. D- I think the second half, like, to see if they're being suspected, um, if they can misdirect in any way that they can or reassure mm-hmm. that they aren't a suspect, yeah, I think that's why they mm-hmm. kind of go that route. Hey, do you love gold jewelry that has meaning? Do you want to emphasize your beauty and uniqueness? Check out libertabrilliere.com. That's L-I-B-E-R-T-A-B-R-I-L-L-A-R-E.com. They have a great selection of 18 karat gold-plated jewelry at an affordable price. I personally got the Yasami, a snake, and Isa, and I absolutely love them. Go to libertabrilliere.com and use code B-I-C-E, all caps, for 50% off. That's right, 50% off, all caps on the vice. And stay sparkly, darling. After McDaniel learned that there was a body, he said, Body, I need to sit down, as he was giving that interview. McDaniel later voluntarily allowed police into his apartment, and they searched the building for clues. Inside, detectives found that McDaniel had a master key for each apartment in the complex. When questioned, McDaniel admitted that he'd broken into the neighboring apartments and stolen one condom from each one. With this information, police arrested him and brought him in for a further interrogation. So that's really weird that he just uh, stole, like, condoms from apartments. I don't know if that's actually what he was doing. I think this is sort of... Ah. Sort of like a way, like a a way of misdirection. It is admitting to a small thing to explain how his behavior and all that stuff, where he's like concerned with all these things. It's an explanation, but it doesn't admit to the worst thing that he would probably be accused of. So it's like saying, I may be not the greatest person, but I didn't do that, even though they did. So he's like, Ed. It'd be like if somebody... to a lesser crime to... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'd be like if somebody stole, like, six things from Best Buy, but only admitting to stealing the remote. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, I know people tend to do that, too. Unless you're a murderer that's convicted of multiple murders, then they just try to claim more to be more famous. I think that's the only exception of that. Like, essentially, when it's just, like, you know you've been had, then you try to make it as much as... They're making as much of it as possible. Yep. Um, so, a more thorough search of McDaniel's apartment turned up packaging for a hacksaw, several flash drives, and a pair of underwear that was later discovered to have Gideon's DNA on it. The flash drives contained pornographic images of children. 
In the laundry room of the complex, police found the hacksaw that matched the packaging found in McDaniel's apartment, along with a bloody sheet. Testing later confirmed that the blooding was, in fact, Gideon's. According to Talk Murder With Me podcast on August 2, 2011, Stephen McDaniel was charged with the murder of Lauren Giddings. He was later charged with seven counts of child sexual exploitation as well. So he not only was charged for the murder, but the child porn as well. Yeah, he, he was kind of really messed up. I think there's a lot, lot going on with this guy that wasn't okay. Yeah. Something wasn't, something wasn't checked on. Yeah, so kind of some signs leading up to the murder. Lauren Giddings had previously mentioned to her sister that something seemed strange about her apartment. She felt things had been moved around like someone had been in her apartment when she was not there. Investigators found that Gideon sent her last email on the evening of June 25th, 2011 to her boyfriend, David Vandier, or Vandevire. Vandevire was on a golf trip to California, and Gideon's mentioned that she thought someone had tried to break into her apartment the night of Thursday, June 23rd. However, Gideon's downplayed the situation, saying it was probably just making hit hoodlums. But Gideon's feelings had been justified. A memory card taken from McDaniel's apartment revealed that he had been stalking her. According to Bibb County District Attorney David Cook, we found a deleted video he had used to survey her home. He had took a wooden pole and had duct taped or somehow fixed a camera to the end of the pole, then held the pole up really high to peek inside her window. McDaniel's search history was also filled with hits for her social media LinkedIn profiles. Cook revealed sometimes he would be searching for images of her around the same time he was looking up violent pornography. McDaniel initially pled not guilty, but when prosecutors agreed to drop the child sexual exploitation charges, he changed his mind. In April 2014, a week before his trial was set to start, Stephen McDaniel admitted to killing and dismembering Lauren Giddings. So, why he might have taken um, or changed his plea or whatnot. So, kind of going into it, like, if you have the child sexual exploitation exploitation charges and mm-hmm. prisons or whatnot, you automatically become a target. Like, yeah, it's... They, there's, like, a pretty strict, like, hierarchy and code of just power structures in general in prisons, but... A person with a child exploitative charge of some sort, whether that's, like, having those kind of photos or actually assaulting a child and stuff like that. You get labeled as a chomo, which does essentially make you either the punching bag target or some people will just straight up kill you in prison. So this might have been just a way for him to guarantee, like, maybe lessen that chance of happening to him. Yep. Um, And also, I mean, lessen his sentence probably overall because those charges would have been added on top of the murder charge. Well, I mean, life imprisonment usually is... Can't really do more than that besides execution really right well i mean they tend to add on charges so like in case one gets uh either like you get parole for one crime or um you get um not leniency but um good behavior not not good behavior when you appeal sorry Mm. appeal was uh, fading me uh when you appeal you still have that other crime on top of it to keep you in prison well they could you know Mm. find a way to either fight that appeal or whatnot 
So that's why they well, tried to I mean, do double charges. Yeah. But then he confessed, though. Yes, he, he did confess. And we'll get into the confession a little bit in a minute here. But, um, yeah, his behavior is just kind of interesting. Uh, that's just what I wanted to point out. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, they found all that stuff. Why were they even willing to drop that if they had all of the evidence they needed? So That's, yeah. I, I'm not quite sure. Maybe just for him to plead guilty, but I don't know. I mean, what's the point of that then either? Because all that stuff would still need to be presented. To, like just to avoid a trial? Is that kind yeah, of what was going on? to avoid probably a trial and to avoid, you know, putting the family through. But, um, yeah, we'll kind of get into okay. it because there's still a verdict and everything. Okay. So, in the early morning hours of June 26, 2011, Stephen McDaniel detailed in his confession. He had used his master key to enter Gideon's apartment. He watched her sleep for a while, but as he moved toward her, a creak in the bed woke her up. She she saw him and yelled, get the fuck out. McDaniel then jumped on top of her, grabbing her throat. Though she fought hard, he had soon strangled her to death. He dragged her body to the bathroom and returned home. The next night, he returned with a hacksaw and dismembered her body. He then placed her limbs in various trash cans throughout the area. So, even though they found, you know, the torso, they didn't actually find the rest of her body. Um, so, I, again, like, trash, you know. Yeah, or, like, if he was spreading out the trash, then it seemed like it... I don't know where that idea came from, but I, I guess, like, this... This is like just dispersing locations of where these things are. I don't know how that actually... So before DNA was a thing, you know, they would do this for like, you know, separating dental records from fingertip Mm -hmm. records. And like, you know, if you found torso and legs, you couldn't necessarily identify them. Yeah. So I I think that was kind of the forethought around that. But again, it's 2011. So, you know, DNA is like still a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so this did go to trial. So while on trial, trial, Stephen McDaniel tried to defend himself by claiming that his rights were violated when he was arrested. Using his knowledge from law school, he tried to accuse the police of using improper interrogation techniques and intimidation. He also claimed that he was declined proper medical care and that he was insulted and yelled at. In spite of his attempts at defending himself, the evidence against him and his confession to the murder were enough for a jury and judge to make a verdict. On April 21st of 2012, Stephen McDaniel was sentenced as guilty and convicted to life imprisonment with the possibility of parole after 30 years. He tried to appeal his sentence in 2018, but his appeal was declined by the Richmond County Superior Court. So, even though he did confess, it he still pled not guilty, so that's why it went to trial. But why only 30 years is possi- a possibility of parole after 30 years? doesn't mean it he will get it okay i was confused for a second like so it's pers- it's life but possible parole in 30 years mm-hmm. um yeah so like that's when they can first re- review for parole mm-hmm. when he made an appeal they're just like no go away yeah mm-hmm. um or sorry that's when he first can you know try to get parole the appeal he appealed in 2018 you can you can appeal at pretty much any time but they can decline. Mm-hmm. 
Ways to honor Lauren Giddings. So Lauren Giddings' legacy will continue on even if her parents will never see her practicing law in their lifetime. Again, she was right about to take her bar exam. In honor of Giddings, the Association of Women Law Students at Mercer Law School was instituted as a memorial service that has been held annually and will be held annually. Additionally, it will help the scholarship that was established in her honor. Agnes Scott College, where she received her undergraduate education, also holds a memorial softball game and will walk each year in her honor as well. So I can post uh, links to kind of the pages um, mm -hmm. in our blog um, honoring her as well. So Yeah. I mean, contributing to a scholarship at any, any kinds of degree and whatsoever, something like that can help make a huge difference for a person these days so yeah especially law school i mean that's a lot a lot of college yeah a lot of college um but yeah back to the, some true crime and all that stuff so yeah i think there's not really a whole lot of positive you can make out of a situation like this is there no, I mean, I'm glad that they're doing memorials both at her undergrad and her law school for her. Mm-hmm. I feel like the memorials are a good way to honor her, but also maybe do some things that can help prevent this from happening again, too. I mean, um, get your uh, cameras and, uh, like, your little, um, what's the system Dad has? in the living room, the blink cameras, and, um, I don't know. Yeah, your little security cameras, and uh, lock your doors, and just kind of be vigilant. If you notice something, say something. Mm. Um, if something feels weird, you know, tell people about it, and protect yourself, and trust your gut, too. Yeah. Get a chain for your door if you're in an apartment. Yeah. I think that actually is a tip for, like, in the big cities. If you're living in an apartment and you just have, like, a lock and a deadbolt, then install your own lock on there as well so that people just can't come in. Yeah. Um, they have those uh, door, um, the lock wedges, too, just for, like, interior doors as well. Hmm. Um, for bedrooms and all that. It's it's basically like a chain for your bedroom door, except you put it around like kind of the door hinge lock, and then you can't open it. Mm, okay. Um, Neat. Yeah. But yeah, trust your gut. If you see something, say something. And um, yeah, be weird, too. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That's kind of... That's... Yeah. I mean, that's a bit messed up, but it's still just like, yeah, um, hmm. Yeah. I, I know Not it's... Not a lot of ways to segue from this, is there? No, no, and I'm sorry. Again, true crime is kind of like that. I know my true crime episodes are usually a little shorter, too, than our cryptids, because, like, our cryptids, we can speculate wildly and have discussions yeah. and all that stuff, but, but again... But, like, the true crimes, they... They tell you how it happened. Yep. This is how it happened. This is how it happened. They're fact. Um, again, I'll, I'll post mm. links to the Lauren Giddings Memorial websites. Um, so if you want to contribute, you guys can contribute. Um, mm -hmm. 
but yeah, just, you know, checking on your friends, especially if they're studying for those uh, bar exams and your engineering friends too, because, mm-hmm. you know, midterms and just finals are... if okay. something seems off, then double check. Yeah. Yeah. Can do that. Anyway, full on smooth segue, buy our merch. Oh, yeah. Uh, Well, before we get into that, also, check on your friends that always check in on you, too, because, like, hardly anyone checks on them. Just saying. But, yeah, like Jonathan said, segue into our merch. So, if you guys want to visit violentvice.bigcartel.com, we have sweatshirts, we have t shirts, we have tank tops, we have pens, we have stickers, all for sale. Um, Super comfy, by the way. Yeah, we got our test merch out. Um, mm-hmm. You can visit our Facebook page or Instagram if you want to see pictures of that. Matt and I posed in them. Matt was a lovely model for that. Mm-hmm. He seemed like he was built for it. <laughs> um, he's great. I love him so much. Um, hence why I'm marrying him. Um, but yeah, uh, if you guys want to check out our blog, you can do so at violinvice.com. Um, we're a Podbean affiliate, so if you want to head there, you can also search for us through Podbean. We're on Spotify, iTunes, all the socials, so yeah, check us out. Apple Music is one of the, is that the one that's for iTunes? Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Yep, Google Play, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. All that fun stuff. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. and if you guys want to help support us, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Vice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here to listen to my lovely brother give his weekly cryptic corners. Mm-hmm. They are always going to be some sort of weird. Yep. Some sort of weird little nuggets of knowledge that, you know, come out really, we- uh, every week. And... Yeah. A lot more freeform, sometimes have fun fact, lots of tangents, by the way. So Yes, if you like hearing us talk, we do so on there. And I, I go on probably more tangents than Jaja does sometimes, so it's well, all that's kind of the point, it's to get you thinking. Yeah, yeah, but we speculate wildly and have a ton of fun, so please check us out. And you can do so for $1 a month or more, and... That's $1 a month, and you get our whole inventory of past Cryptic Corners, as well as our past uh, episodes and bonus content that we put on there. Yeah. Yeah. We'd really appreciate it, and we hope that that's a good way to compensate your donation for us. It's very helpful. Yep. So, like, also how we said at the beginning of the episode, after this episode, we are switching to bi-weekly. So, we will see you in, not next week, but the week after. Alrighty. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Violent Vice Podcast. Cover art is by Colton Griffith. Music by Annabelle Rayvac. And research done by Corinne Drybeldis. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Violent Vice Podcast or on Twitter at Violent Vice. That's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. No ampersands here. If you want to help support the show, please do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash violentvice. Or give us a once-off donation on PayPal with our email, bellandvice at gmail.com. Again, that's V-I-L-E-A-N-D-V-I-C-E. To keep the spooky stories coming. Thank you.